kind of going to jump around from topic to topic. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about the Rangers 5-1 loss to the Philadelphia Flyers on Monday. We're not going to spend a ton of time talking about that game just because, first of all, I mean, it's it's kind of getting to be old news. You know, we had the Christmas break there, and I hope everyone had uh, great holidays. Maybe you're still celebrating the holidays, and that's, that's awesome. Hopefully everybody had a really nice time with friends and family and all that good stuff. But we're going to talk a little bit about that loss to the Flyers. We're going to also mention the start of the World Juniors. And we are going to talk about the Elias Anderson situation, hopefully for the last time, at least until they trade him, but more on that in just a second. And then we're also going to take a look at tonight's game. The Rangers have a home till against the Carolina Hurricanes, and the puck drops in the garden at 7 p.m. for that one. But first of all, the Flyers, and I do have to start off by giving a big shout out to my friend Bobby Sampson. He joined the show on episode number 45, and... You know, we talked about a lot of different stuff, but one of the things that really stood out from that interview for me was Bobby really stood up for Kevin Hayes. And Kevin Hayes, you know, Flyer fans haven't really, you know, warmed up to him yet. Maybe there's like a little bit too much uh, lingering animosity from his time with the Rangers. You know, the Rangers and Flyers are always a rivalry. And anytime, you know, a Ranger joins the Flyers or a Flyer joins the Rangers, there's probably always going to be, you know, a little bit of, you know, an adjustment period where you have to get used to the fact that, hey, I like this guy now. I think with Ranger fans, you know, a great example of that was Eric Lindros. You know, he came over and it was like, after years of watching him, you know, push the Rangers around, it's like, geez, I got to root for this guy now. But, you know, this is a little bit more modern example. Kevin Hayes, of course, now on the Flyers. He joins Elaine Vigneault there, obviously the former Rangers coach. But Bobby stood up for Kevin Hayes, mentioning that even though, you know, Hayes' stats weren't all the way there, that he was doing a lot of the little things that could help the team win. Uh, among them going to the net and being just a big physical presence for the Flyers. And in this game, sure enough, lo and behold, Kevin Hayes scores a pair of goals against his former team and really kind of keyed the turnaround there for the Flyers because this was a this was a great game. I mean, the result notwithstanding for us Ranger fans. But this had a playoff-like atmosphere. The Wells Fargo Center was on fire, tightly contested. And I thought, you know, my prediction of a low-scoring game was going to hold up. It almost did until the last five minutes there when the game really got away from the Rangers. The Flyers, of course, claiming a 5-1 to win. But yeah, you know, a couple of goals for Kevin Hayes. He really showed up against his former team. And it really, one of the most unfortunate things for me for this was Henrik Lundqvist played both games of a back-to-back. And now going in, I figured that him and Georgiev would each get one game, but plans can change. And the plans changed because Georgiev against the Maple Leafs played, you know, one of his worst games of the season. The Rangers lost that one 6-3, to and Georgiev, at least three of the goals that he gave up were, were pretty soft. And then Lundqvist responded, and Lundqvist got the start against Anaheim. You know, a compromised Ducks team, to be sure. I mean, they had a lot of injuries. 
They had a couple guys out with the flu, but the Rangers ruled in that game. They won 5-1, to one, and Hank wasn't tested too often in that game, but he was there when they needed him. He made a big save early in that game, and I, I once again, thank you to J.D. Hernandez for you know doing the crossover episode with me. That was a ton of fun. One of the things I forgot to mention on that crossover episode, however, was the Rangers came out of the starting blocks on fire in that game, and they were really swarming on Anaheim's side of the ice for the first five minutes or so, and then Anaheim got a breakaway going the other way. And at that point, I kind of just like threw my hands up in the air because, you know, the Rangers at that point, they're on a three-game losing streak. It's like, oh, God, here we go again. You know, they're going to score on this breakaway. And Lundqvist made a really nice save on that breakaway. And who knows? If he lets in a goal there, maybe that game takes on a completely different narrative and, and maybe the Rangers don't even win. I mean, the Rangers dominated that game. It's entirely possible that even if Lundqvist gives up that goal there, they would have been just fine and they would have turned everything around and gone on to get a victory. But you never know. And I thought that was a nice tone setter, a, a big save by Lundqvist in that game. And then he was great in this game as well, making a lot of great saves against the Flyers. He almost had two scoreless periods, and then unfortunately, Philadelphia scores with, I believe it was 1.7 seconds to go in the second period, and that tied the game at one. And then in the third period, you know, the Flyers just kind of take off. They get the four goals, and three of those goals occurred with less than five minutes remaining. So really, Lundqvist played two great games if you take away the five minutes at the end of the third period against the Flyers. And I realize you can't do that. That's not fair. But he really gave them a chance in this game. And the Rangers had some chances. You know, the Flyers took the lead early in the third period. Not that early. 7.31 into the third period. But the Rangers were swarming. It looked like the equalizer was coming. Zibanejad put a shot off the post. And, you know, I take nothing away from Carter Hart in this game. I thought he played a fantastic game in net for the Flyers. He stopped 34 or 35 shots. But he got lucky on this one. Because Zibanejad, no, no goalie in hockey was going to stop this. That puck was by him. That puck was ticketed for the twine, and unfortunately, it hits the iron instead, and Rangers just not able to get the equalizer there. And then the game really gets away from the Rangers late, you know, and, and the Flyers just kind of explode for three goals down the stretch, including another goal by Kevin Hayes. Hayes, of course, gave them the lead, you know, 731 into the third period, and that lead held up for the rest of the way. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's Locked On podcast is sponsored by Casper. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and use locked NHL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcasts.com slash offers. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the World Juniors, and of course, you know, they started yesterday morning, at least if you're watching here on the East Coast along with me. You had Switzerland over Kazakhstan 5-3, you had the Czech Republic over Russia, pretty solid upset right there, 4-3. You had Sweden prevailing over Finland, 3-2 in overtime, and Team Canada edges the United States in a wild game, 6-4. We had Kevin Labella on a couple episodes ago, and he really put over this tournament. He's a really big fan of it. He actually works it for the NHL Network. And I see what he's talking about. You know, this is a tournament that I have not paid close enough attention to over the years, but I'm already hooked. You know, I caught a little bit of, you know, the Russia and Czech Republic game was just kind of wrapping up. I caught most of the third period of that one. Uh, great action, great intensity, uh, game being played at a really high pace, and a, a great atmosphere because, of course, this tournament is being held in, in the Czech Republic, and I think that gave that team a little bit of a boost and led them to a 4-3 victory. And then U.S. against Canada, I mean, that's the one that I really wanted to see. That was at 1 p.m. yesterday. 
and really just a crazy game. You know, both power plays were absolutely lethal. That really stood out to me. A lot of goals in this game that kind of just seemed to come from out of nowhere, but you watch this stuff, and the skill level of these guys is very apparent. There are going to be some major players in the NHL here, and I always find it interesting. You know, you look at, you know, you know the Team USA roster, for example, and you see a couple guys from the Rangers, and you see, like, somebody from the Flyers, and it's funny because they're all teammates now, and they're all buddy-buddy, and they're all representing the United States, and then, you know, a couple years from now, they're going to be on different teams, and they're going to be, you know, out there playing rivalry games, you know, Rangers against Islanders, or Flyers against Penguins, and all trying to take each other's heads off, so that's always one of the quirkier things about these kind of, like, world tournaments that I've always enjoyed with hockey. Even going back to the Olympics, you know, you see guys like, you know, Evgeny Malkin and Alex Ovechkin playing on the same team, and it seems so strange, but at the same time, it's kind of unique to see. But yeah, I mean, the U.S.-Canada game, I mean, it was crazy. I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown if you miss it. The U.S. went up 2 to nothing in the first period. Canada comes back with three unanswered goals in the second period, and it looked like the U.S. tied it right before the buzzer, but alas, the puck did not cross the goal line in time. So we go into the third period. Canada is still up 3-2. to two. They make it 4-2. to two. U.S. comes back, and they tie the game. They score two unanswered goals. They tie the game with three minutes and change remaining with a power play goal. And then seriously, like five seconds later off the ensuing faceoff, USA turns the puck over and Canada immediately makes them pay and they go up five to four and Canada adds an empty netter a little bit later to make it six to four. And one of the other interesting things is, you know, you have 10 teams in this. There's two groups of five and eight of them, the top four on each side are going to move on and it'll be single elimination. But one of the tiebreakers as far as seedings goes, if you end up with the same record as somebody, is goal differential. And so you have to use your best judgment when deciding whether to pull your goalie or not. Now, in this game, the U.S. is down by one goal. They got to pull their goalie. I mean, you got to at least try to, to get the win, of course. But once they went down 6-4, to four, you know, there was still more than a minute left, and USA did not pull its goalie at that point. And I can't really blame them, because why give up another empty net goal? You know, in the NHL, if you're down by two goals with a minute left, you pull your goalie because you got nothing to lose. I mean, if you give up an empty netter, then so what? You were going to lose the game anyway. But in this, you know, it's a little bit different. There's a little more strategy involved. And, you know, certainly I can't fault USA for not pulling the goalie there. But it's just interesting to see little intricacies like that that are different between this and the NHL. You know, the other thing that really stood out to me were the dimensions of the rink and most glaringly, the amount of room behind the net. So these players have a little bit more room to maneuver. There's more room between the back of the net and the boards. So a little bit extra real estate there for the players. And then also, I mean, this doesn't affect the game at all, but I just found it interesting. You look at the, and this might just be uh, the arena. This might not be, you know, mandated by the World Juniors or anything like that, but there's a lot more room on the bench. Like there's actually two rows of seating on the bench. So you get the players in the front row and then the coaches are kind of like standing on the bench in the back. So there's a lot more room to, to maneuver around there if you're a player or a coach. Again, just one of those interesting little differences that I see between this and the NHL. But yeah, I'm hooked. I mean, I, I've really enjoyed this tournament, the little bit of, that I've seen of it so far, just the one game and you know the third period of another game. But so far, so good. I'm enjoying it. It's cool to see, you know, tomorrow's superstars play in, in this tournament. And hey, go USA, you know, and, and you might have different allegiances. There might be a different country that you're rooting for. But this is going to be a lot of fun. It's just getting started. And the U.S. back in action today against Team Germany. And, you know, it's an important game for the U.S. because from what I understand, they are in the tougher bracket. It certainly looks that way. And, you know, this is a big one here because you, you got you to gotta help your seeding. 
from what I understand, the top seed in one bracket will play the lowest seed in the other bracket, you know, once it goes to the single elimination eight-team tournament at the end of the preliminaries here. So I'm kind of learning on the fly, but I'm very intrigued by this tournament. I'm going to try to do my best to talk about some of the Rangers in this tournament in a later episode, but right now we got to get to some other stuff as well. I want to, once again, talk about Leas Anderson, and I'm starting to think that I've spent a little bit too much time on Leah Sanderson, and the reason I say that is because he quit on this franchise. He quit on his coaches. He quit on the fans. He quit on, worst of all, his teammates. You know, this is—and and I, res, I withheld judgment for this Leah Sanderson situation because we haven't really heard his side of the story yet. He hasn't really said anything— and the way it works in today's day and age, you're always, you know, you, you have a story that breaks, and we all, and I'm guilty of it too, we all jump to conclusions, and then, you know, you're always just kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. Like, what exactly happened here with Leas Anderson behind the scenes? Did, did something bad happen to him in the locker room? Was he mistreated either by, you know, coaches or teammates, or is there something else? Is there something going on behind the game of hockey? Is there something going on with his family? Is there some reason why he needed to leave the Hartford Wolfpack and go do something else? And I never thought that was the case, but it's one of those things you can't rule it out when the news first breaks. And so, I, I like I said, I kind of withheld judgment here because you never really know what goes on behind the scenes. But all signs were pointing to this is just a case of a disgruntled player. This is a guy who is not happy with his standing with the team. He's not happy about the fact that the Rangers misused him when he was at the NHL level. He's not happy about the fact that he's now back in the minors on the Hartford Wolfpack, and he's not happy about his ice time or lack thereof on the Hartford Wolfpack. And it just seemed like this is just a disgruntled player, and he basically just, you know, said, screw it, I'm out of here, I'm done, trade me. And it indeed looks like that is the case, and... I got a lot to say about this. Uh, first of all, I, and these are things that I've mentioned before, but you never know who's tuning in for the first time, and I do want to at least give Anderson this, and that is that he was misused by the Rangers this year right from the start of the season, right up until the moment he walked out. I think about the only good thing that the Rangers did this year was setting him down to the minors because they didn't know how to use him on the Rangers, or they just didn't have a place for him is probably more accurate because he was always out there on the fourth line, and he only ever shared the ice with guys like Greg McCaig, who is a career journeyman, uh, limited skills as an offensive player. I, I think we can agree on that. He was out there with Brennan Smith, and I, you know, I, I think the Brennan Smith experiment to Ford has gone okay. He's a physical presence out there, and it's kind of opened up the door for some other young Ranger defensemen to get into the lineup. So that's cool, but he's not a guy who's an offensive threat. I mean, if you're Leah Sanderson and you're out there working with Brennan Smith, what are you supposed to do? So I get that. And then also, you know, every once in a while, Michael Haley would be out there as well. And Michael Haley, he's an enforcer. He's a throwback player. He, he plays his role well. But again, he's not going to score goals. That's just not going to happen. So Anderson was mismanaged by this team from the start. And he never got any time on the power play. Now, I, I realize, you know, you got to earn that. And, you know, time on the power play. There's a lot of guys on the Rangers who need to be out there on the man advantage. And I get that. And Anderson was just too far down the pecking order to get any kind of real significant minutes on the power play. The one idea that I also pitched, and I even now I still say this was like a reasonable route that the Rangers could have gone down if they wanted to, was you move Leas Anderson up from the fourth line to the third line and let him center the third line and you knock Brett Howden down to the fourth line. 
Because it's not like, and you know, we talked about this before, but it's not like Brett Howden has set the world on fire this year. It's not like this is a guy who absolutely must center the third line over Leas Anderson. And it gets to the point where it's like, just give Anderson a chance. You know, this is a guy that you drafted seventh overall in the first round. This is your guy. You chose him. Give him a chance. See what he can do. And I still stand by that. I still think at some point there, if you were going to have Anderson on the Rangers, at some point you got to toss him up on the third line and just let him let him get out there on a line with, say, like, you know, Brennan Lemieux and Capo Caco, you know, guys who at least have a chance to score. And certainly Caco, he has enormous upside. He hasn't hit it yet, obviously. But at least put Leas Anderson out there with two guys who, you know, can give you something offensively. But they didn't do that. They sent him down to the minors, and I was okay with that. But I think now we're all finding out what the difference is between Brett Howden and Leah Sanderson. Because yes, Brett Howden, he's still very young. He's 21 years old. Again, he has not been like an offensive force this season for the Rangers, but he's trying. He's trying to get better. And for anyone who needs a refresher, Brett Howden came over in the trade that sent Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to Tampa Bay. And Howden, just 21 years old, as we said, and he was a first round pick of the Lightning going number 27 overall in 2016. And Brett Howden, you know, he's also somebody that the Rangers need to get more out of. But he recently, just in the last two games, he's moved from center over to the right wing. And are there any complaints? Is he whining and and moaning about it? Nope. He's just keeping his head down and doing his job to the best of his abilities on the third line. There have also been times this season when Brett Howden has been banished to the fourth line. He's kind of in the old Leas Anderson spot. But the difference is Brett Howden doesn't throw a fit when you do that to him. He puts it on himself. I'm going to read you a quote here, something that he said when he was moved down to the fourth line. And keep in mind, Quinn does not play his fourth line all that often. I mean, that's not unusual. Typically, fourth lines are going to get you know less amount of playing time than anybody, everybody else. But here's what Howden said. I think sometimes I'm thinking a little too much. As of late, I've been working with the coaches and working with older guys. I've just been trying to keep things a bit simpler. Now, did you notice something about that? He's putting it on himself. He's owning the responsibility. He's saying, I need to be better. I just need to stop thinking so much. I got to get things rolling. Bottom line, he's not putting this on anybody but himself. Leah Sanderson apparently just walked out on everybody. And, you know, when the Rangers drafted him, there were a lot of people who, who didn't really get the move. They didn't think that was necessarily the best pick of the first round. But one of the trades that Leah Sanderson supposedly brought to the table was leadership. What kind of a leader does something like this? And you could say, oh, well, you know, he's only 23 years old. He, he's still a little immature. He's still maturing, all that all that stuff. But what kind of an example does this set? Listen, hockey, this is a very dangerous game. It doesn't get the notoriety that football does as far as how dangerous it is out there. But make no mistake, I mean, you are putting yourself on the line every time you take the ice because at some point you're going to catch a stick to the face or you're going to catch a slap shot to the shin or you're going to fall down and crash into the boards and, and hit hit the boards at some horrific angle where you basically just fold in half like an accordion. And these guys lay it all on the line. And there's a certain brotherhood in that locker room. And, you know, if you're Leas Anderson and you're angry about being demoted to Hartford and you're angry about the way the Rangers use you by very much restricting your playing time and only putting you out there on the fourth line, then show them. Show them the best way that an athlete can do it and just go out there in Hartford and prove everybody wrong. And go out there with your teammates who you know you have this brotherhood with, and go out there and be the best player on the ice. Go out there and just stuff it down everybody's throats who's, who thinks you're not good enough to be, you know, a top six or a top nine forward on the Rangers and who doesn't think you're worthy of doing anything on the Rangers other than being out there on the fourth line. Go out there and prove everybody wrong. Show them what's up. Go out there, 
Go out there every night, every game with the Hartford Wolfpack, and be the best player on the ice. Be better than all your opponents. Be better than all of your teammates. And one thing that everybody has control of is their effort. And Leas Anderson, if he wanted to handle this the right way, he could have just simply made a decision that, you know what, nobody is going to outwork me. I am going to stand on my head, and I am going to show these guys that I am as good as I say I am, as good as I think that I am, and that I deserve to be on the New York Rangers, and that I am going to work my tail off to get back up there and make sure I stick this time. That is how a leader goes about his business. And supposedly this guy was a leader, but we didn't see any of that because this guy walked out and he quit. He quit on every single one of us. He quit on the organization. He quit on the fans. And worst of all, he quit on his teammates. And again, this is something that obviously is a big story with the Rangers because you've got a guy who was taken seventh overall who has walked out on the team. And it was a story even before all that because, you know, what are the Rangers going to do with Leah Anderson? But I have talked enough about Leah Anderson because, you know what, if he's quit on us, then why should I waste my breath? Why should you guys waste your time listening to me talk about it? Let's talk about, going forward, let's talk about the guys who want to be here, the guys who want to turn this New York Ranger franchise around, the guys who want to take this team from, you know, the depths of the NHL right now and turn them back into a championship contender the way they ought to be. Let's talk about Henrik Lundqvist and the fact that he's a, a franchise legend. And yeah, you know what? He has slipped a little bit over the years, but he still goes out there and he plays his heart out every night. Or let's talk about an exciting young player like Adam Fox, who is just wise beyond his years out there. He's 21 year old, plays with all the confidence of a grizzled veteran. Or let's talk about Chris Kreider and all everything we can say uh, about how much we appreciate everything that he's done for this organization. You know, and, and again, his time with the Rangers could be nearing an end. I hope that it's not. That's a whole other story. We talked about that in a different episode. But let's continue to appreciate what he's done because if these are the last few days, then let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy our last few days with Chris Kreider as a member of the Rangers. And hopefully that's not even the case. Hopefully he's here for many more years to come. We'll see. Or let's talk about Brennan Lemieux, and let's talk about how this guy just goes absolute pedal to the metal every single night. Not the most skilled player in the league, not the biggest player in the league, but a guy who's going to give you every last ounce of his blood, sweat, and tears and do everything that he can to make sure the Rangers come away with two points on any given night. And let's talk about the fact that he'll fight Tom Wilson. And let's talk about the fact that he'll throw his face in the way of a slap shot and he'll end the night looking like Rocky Balboa. How about, let's have Leas Anderson go up to Brennan Lemieux and tell Brennan Lemieux, hey man, uh, things have gotten kind of tough for me. I'm not getting the playing time that I want, uh, and I'm back in the minors, so I quit this team. Bye. Let's have Leas Anderson, if he wants to quit this team, go up to Brennan Lemieux and tell him I quit this team. Go up to every single one of your teammates and tell him that you quit. At least have the guts to say it. And Brennan Lemieux more than anybody. He has, Leas Anderson has to go up to Brennan Lemieux and tell him I quit this team. He, he has to approach him in the locker room and tell him that. While, you know, Brendan Lemieux has scars from about five or six different incidents this season all over his face. I have already spent way too much time talking about Leas Anderson in this one episode alone, more time than I thought that I was going to. But I am done. This is it. You know, if Leas Anderson doesn't want to be here, then he's not worth any of our time. And obviously, listen, if, if there's some kind of other... If there's another part of this story that we haven't heard yet that comes out, obviously I'm going to talk about it. Because, again, you're always kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. Are there extenuating circumstances? But right now, this looks like a guy who just quit on the team. And, obviously, if the Rangers trade him, you know, we're going to talk about that as well. Again, the problem here is you just don't have any leverage if you're the Rangers because this guy has now made it clear that he doesn't want to be there. And if you're a rival GM, you know that Jeff Gorton is going to be looking to move this guy. You don't really have any other alternative. And you can't really ask a whole lot in return because Leah Sanderson hasn't done anything. That's the other thing, too. He hasn't done enough where, you know, it's obvious that he needs to be on the Rangers in like a top six or top nine forward kind of a role. 
So Gorton undoubtedly going to be looking for a trade partner, but I propose to you another solution to this, or not, not really a solution, but another option here. Don't trade him at all. If this guy wants to quit your team and he doesn't want to play hockey, then you know what? He doesn't get to play hockey anywhere this year. How about that? How about that? Send that kind of a message to him. And, you know, you might hear that and think, well, that's kind of petty. Is it more petty than what Leah Sanderson did, just walking out on his team? And, you know, Leah Sanderson, again, he's only 23 years old. The Rangers have no leg to stand on as far as what they can ask for in return of a trade of Leah Sanderson. So is Leah Sanderson's stock going to be any lower at this in the offseason than it is right now? So forget it. Don't trade him at all. Just make him sit at home. Don't don't let him play hockey this season. Because, and you know what? Leah Sanderson, he asked for a trade. You know, that was before he walked out. And I'm not a big fan of that either. But you know what? If if a player wants to be traded, then okay. I mean, at least, listen, at least requesting a trade, you're, you're being a man about it. You're going up and you're saying, listen, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't think you guys have a role for me. I don't think I really fit in here. I think that I'd be better off somewhere else and you guys would be better off without me. I'm not the biggest fan of doing that, but you can at least live with that. You know, it, it's it's at least, you're at least being straightforward about it and you're being real about it. And anybody who listens to this podcast, you know, with any regularity, you guys know that, you know, I have not bashed Leas Anderson. I've even been kind of sympathetic toward him at times and, and with the way that the Rangers have treated him. But that all changes when you quit. And again, the Rangers, as I've said all along, they are not blameless in this. They kind of just butchered his development right from the start. But if Anderson had just said that he wants to be traded but continued to play for the Wolfpack, then you could at least live with that. You could at least understand that. But the fact that he quit, to me, that's just a bridge too far. I got no time for that, man. You know, there's other players who maybe feel like they should be on the Rangers as well. And maybe there's guys on the Rangers who feel like they deserve a bigger role. But none of them are quitting. Leas Anderson quit. That's the difference. All right, so let's talk about tonight's game against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes come into this one with a record of 22-13-2. The Rangers sit at 17-15-4. and and the Hurricanes, if the season were to end right now, they would actually be the last team into the playoffs. They are the second wild card team with 46 points. The Rangers have 38 points. So it's a big game. You know, it's always a big game at this point in the season. We're almost at the halfway point, if you can believe that. And this is one of the teams that the Rangers are trying to chase down and eventually, you know, move past and get into the playoff picture. The Hurricanes have lost their last two games, though they were hot right before that because they had won six out of seven before the two-game losing streak, and that one loss in the seven games actually occurred in overtime, so 13 out of a possible 14 points for the Carolina Hurricanes in that stretch, and we'll see what happens tonight. You know, both these teams, it's a big game because the Canes, like we just said, they've lost two in a row. The Rangers have lost four out of five, and the only game that the Rangers won in that stretch and, you know, they all count, and you still have to play well to win. This is the NHL. There are no easy wins. But the only one that the Rangers had in that stretch was against a thoroughly depleted Anaheim Ducks team, which, frankly, they're not that good of a team in the first place. And they were missing, you know, half their team to either injury or illness. And the Rangers just kind of rolled to a 5-1 to victory in the Garden on that day. The Rangers have already announced that Henrik Lundqvist is going to be back in net tonight. And, you know, like we said, he had the back-to-back before this, he most recently played against the Flyers. And again, that was a 5-1 to loss, but three of those goals by the Flyers came in the last five minutes. Other than that, if you take away those five minutes, it was an outstanding performance from Henrik Lundqvist. And the day before that, again, not tested that often against the Ducks, but bottom line, he led them to a 5-1 win. Made a couple of nice saves in that one as well. So he'll be back in net tonight. And then this is the first game of a back-to-back for the Rangers. They will be at Toronto tomorrow night, also at 7 p.m., 
And I would imagine they'd probably go back to Georgiev at that point. I mean, the last time, maybe the one thing working against it is the last time the Rangers played the Maple Leafs, Georgiev was lit up for six goals. But at the same time, that was a week ago at this point, a week ago to the day today. And I don't think you want to have a goalie sitting around and thinking about that for too long. You know, at some point, you got to throw him back out there. And then the Rangers will wrap up 2019 with a game on New Year's Eve at Edmonton on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. And that'll do it for 2019. We'll turn the calendar to 2020, and we'll see, you know, how it's going to go for the Rangers. If they can scratch and claw their way back into the playoff race, or if they fall out of it, you know, maybe they become sellers. There's there's a lot going on right now, and just looking forward to, to seeing how it goes. Looking forward to seeing some hockey tonight. You know, it's been a couple of nights, and we got a chance now to see the Rangers back in action, like we said, against a good Hurricanes team and a team that the Rangers are trying to chase down in the playoff picture. So that's going to do it for today. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. I will see you next time.